Good Thursday and welcome to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. Glad to have you along here today. We'll bring you feature agricultural news reports along with a look at regional and national agricultural news. And we'll start with regional agricultural news headlines right after this. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. We'll get right into regional and national agriculture news, but first a quick message. Yesterday, a segment aired briefly on the show detailing government actions taken towards an implementation of a statewide pesticide notification program. The angle of this segment lacked the perspective of agriculture, and we apologize for this as well as to all the hardworking entities like Western Agricultural Processors Association and the California Walnut Board and Commission that work tirelessly against issues like the notification program. The segment has since been omitted from the episode. My Ag Life strives to be a brand that reports on the happenings and perspectives of agriculture for our audience. Thank you. According to the latest Pacific Region Grape Crush Report Summary from the USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service, the 2022 crush totaled 3,620,595 tons, down 6.7% from the 2021 crush of 3,880,141 tons. Red wine varieties accounted for the largest share of all grapes crushed at 1,885,875 tons. That's down 7.2% from 20. 21. White wine variety crush totaled 1,463,787 tons, down 8.6% from 2021. Tons crushed of raisin type varieties totaled 103,812, that's down 24.8% from 2021. And tons crushed of table type varieties totaled 167,121, up 54.9% from 2021. The continued growth of controlled environment agriculture and how producers, retailers, and consumers are responding to fresh produce items grown indoors will be the subject of the first announced educational session at Organic Produce Summit 2023. The session will be hosted by Todd Linsky, host of Toddversations. Organic Produce Summit 2023 is a two-day event specifically designed to bring together organic fresh produce growers, shippers, and processors with retailers and buying organizations from across North America. The seventh annual event will be held July 12th and 13th in Monterey. Over the past four years, production of fresh produce in CEA has become a $100 billion plus industry. Growing indoors while using less water and no pesticides, CEA incorporates innovative and efficient technologies to provide fresher produce to consumers, according to this announcement. OPS 2023 will also include a selection of field tours for retailers and buyers, a gala opening night reception, and a sold-out trade show floor featuring over 170 producers and processors of organic fresh produce from across North America and the globe. General registration and information is open at www.organicproducesummit.com. 
Los Angeles Produce Distributors LLC operating out of Los Angeles has posted two $250,000 surety bonds to employ Fernando Pantoja and Tony Perez as required by the Perishable Agricultural Commodities Act. Pantoja and Perez were officers of Rainforest Produce Incorporated out of Los Angeles, which was found to have committed repeated and flagrant violations of Section 2 of the PACA. Any PACA licensee wishing to employ individuals who have failed to pay a reparation award or have been subject to a USA disciplinary action must post a USA-approved surety bond. USA will hold each $250,000 bond for four years and nine months, effective December 17th of 2022, providing assurance to the industry that the firm will be able to pay for produce purchased and to conduct its business according to PACA rules. California dairy producers and processors are invited to apply for funding up to $1 million for innovation initiatives to become more competitive in a second round of dairy business grant awards recently announced by the Pacific Coast Coalition's Dairy Business Innovation Initiative hosted by California State University Fresno. The program will award funding to assist with innovative dairy product development, production, marketing, and distribution. Dr. Carmen Lichen, project director and assistant professor in food science and nutrition at Fresno State said grants will range from $50,000 to $1 million with the potential for up to 12 projects selected for funding. The California Dairy Innovation Center is a major partner in a coalition and has resources to guide qualified California dairy businesses to take advantage of this opportunity. Funded through the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Agricultural Marketing Service, the program is funded to focus on product, process, and packaging innovation and to serve to diversify dairy product markets to reduce risk and develop higher value uses for dairy products, promote business development that diversifies farmer income through processing and marketing innovation, and encourages the use of regional milk production. Grants are available to anyone operating a dairy farm or dairy processing plant in California, but focus on product, process, and packaging innovation for dairy manufacturing. This includes feasibility studies and workforce training. Proposals can include requests for funding for qualified equipment, feasibility studies, innovation and packaging, as well as training of the workforce. This is a reimbursement program with applicants reimbursed upon presentation of invoices and receipts for approved projects. Application forms and submission details are available at dairypcc.net front slash with the deadline to submit on February 28th. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. It's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. A new database that provides in-depth information on cover cropping practices is now available to growers. The database was created by a team of organizations such as UC Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education Program, UC Cooperative Extension, the Napa Resource Conservation District, and the Community Alliance with Family Farmers. Sonia Brote, 
Associate Director at the UC Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education Program, tells us more about the purpose of the database and how it can help producers learn more about cover cropping. We're interested in working on more outreach about cover cropping in orchards and vineyards and we found out that there's a lot of general resources out there, informational resources about cover crops and how to select species and things like that. But there still was not a lot of adoption of cover crops across the state um, in orchards and vineyards, or not as much as one would hope. And what was missing was just like the really nuts and bolts of how do I really implement this on my farm, in my region, with my soil type. And so that's what the database sets out to do is um, we basically interviewed, uh, it covers uh, almost 50 growers um, in the Sacramento region, Sacramento Valley region, and in the North Coast viticulture region. And um, we asked them a lot of details. These are all growers who have had a lot of experience with cover crops over the years. And we asked them a lot of detailed questions about exactly how do they do it? You know, when do they plant and how much seed do they put in and when do they terminate the cover crop? And then also what kinds of challenges they encounter and how they deal with those challenges. Um, we know a lot of people who don't currently cover crop are worried about, you know, different things like, is it going to break, is the cover crop residue going to break down before my almond harvest and different issues like that. And so we specifically asked the growers to talk about those challenges and what their strategies are for dealing with those challenges. And so this database, it's a searchable database, so you can look up your own soil type or soil type that's closest to your own. You can look up county, um, organic or not organic. There's several different search fields you can use and you can really narrow down uh, what growers you look at and their profiles and, and really learn how they do cover cropping in those situations. The idea is that they could really learn from other growers how they're doing you know, how they're really implementing cover crops in their operations. And so um, what you can do is if you are a grower, um, you can look up other growers who are most similar to your situation and um, really learn from them how they handle cover cropping and how they handle the challenges that may come up and also the benefits. They also we talk about a lot about uh, the benefits of cover cropping that these producers are seeing in their operations. And so it can give you an idea of, you know, how to approach cover cropping if you're just starting out and you haven't tried it yet. You can read a bunch of different grower profiles and learn, you know, maybe I need to think about this species or that kind of mix and just kind of see what people are doing and then figure out how that applies to your operation. Um, or even if you're an experienced cover crop grower, you may see new tips. Um, some of these growers share some of the tips and tricks that have worked for them over the years. And so you might see something that you may, you know, consider using in your own operation to change something and, and make your system even better. Aside from providing information about cover crops through the database, the Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education Program is also hosting two cover crop tours. One will be in the Cape Bay Valley 
Um, and that's coming up really soon on February 8th. And then there'll be another one in the Calusa slash Yolo County area around the Arbuckle area. Um, that will be in a month. So on March 8th. And um, the one in the Cape Valley is going to be focused on, uh, there will be a chance to see three different farms on that one. They are all organic farms. Um, I think two of them are certified and the other one may not be certified, but is following organic practices. And the interesting feature, they all do cover cropping in mixed um, orchard and also vineyard systems. But another key feature of this tour on February 8th is that they all, all the farms also integrate grazing of cover crops um, in directly in their orchards and vineyards. And so that will be a special feature that they can talk about and show how they manage uh, animals in their systems. Um, and on top of that, we'll also have some researchers talking about the latest research, um, like my colleague, Dr. Amelie Godin at UC Davis, and her student will be talking about um, the soil health benefits of integrating grazing in cover crop systems. And we'll also have um, somebody talking about soil health and how to assess soil health benefits. And then we'll have people talking about resources like uh, financial resources, like grant opportunities and how to apply for them if you're interested in doing practices like cover cropping. Um, and so the Arbuckle area tour is going to be similar, but it'll be focused more on conventional systems. Um, and we'll have two different farms, an almond orchard and then a vineyard. And um, again, the farmers will talk about their own practices for a lot of the time, but then we'll also have some guest speakers. Uh, at that one, we'll have another colleague, a UC Davis colleague who will be speaking about, um, I think she'll be speaking about the water balance with cover crops and also frost risk with cover crops. And then again, we'll also cover funding resources like grant opportunities for growers who want to start cover cropping and may want some financial support for that. We have a lot of interesting speakers lined up um, who will provide a lot of interesting information, but we're also going to try to keep the tours very interactive. So people will have a lot of chance to ask questions of the, you know, the participating farms that will be highlighted and really learn from them. So we think it'll be a really interesting mix of people attending and, and joining in on the conversation. If you're interested in signing up for the upcoming March cover crop tour, visit sarep.ucdavis.edu and then go to the events tab for more information on signing up. This is Kylie Harlan reporting for My Ag Life. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges, and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you. 
delinking conservation requirements and safety net payments is getting attention again as congressional lawmakers start writing the next farm bill. Senate Ag member Mike Braun of Indiana says conditions are tough enough today not to have more limits on farming. I've never seen a business where when revenues go up, just mysteriously inputs seem to go right up with them. All the more reason, Braun argues, farmers don't want climate and conservation practices required to get farm payments. They want to make sure that they're never going to have the safety net program that they depend on, which is a small part of the money that we spend on the farm bill, tied directly to having to be forced into conservation practices, which they do voluntarily. USA Farm Production and Conservation Undersecretary Robert Bonney responded at a recent Senate Farm Bill hearing. Our approach to climate and and conservation more broadly is going to be voluntary, incentive-based, collaborative. We look for opportunities to work with producers. That's going to cut across everything we do. We think if it doesn't work for agriculture and forestry, it's not going to work for the environment. But Bonney quickly added... We obviously have compliance and crop insurance and FSA programs. We think that's that's a good approach. But beyond that, the, our approach on these issues is going to be one that's about voluntary stewardship. Conservation plans have been required for highly erodible soil, along with a ban on planting converted wetlands, while efforts to force enrollment and conservation programs to receive farm payments have not been successful. The American agriculture sector posted its best export year ever in 2022. USA says international sales of America's farm and food products reached $196 billion. Funnel trade data from the U.S. Commerce Department showed U.S. ag exports increased 11% or $19.5 billion from the previous record sent in the American agriculture sector posted its best export year ever in 2022. USA says international sales of America's farm and food products reached $196 billion. Final trade data from the U.S. Commerce Department showed U.S. ag exports increased 11% or $19.5 billion from the previous record set in 2021. The value of sales increased in all of America's top 10 ag export markets, including China, Mexico, Canada, Japan, the European Union, South Korea, Taiwan, the Philippines, Colombia, and Vietnam. Sales in seven of the 10 countries set new records. The top U.S. commodity exports in 2022 were soybeans, corn, beef, dairy, cotton, and tree nuts. International sales of many products, including soybeans, cotton, dairy, beef, ethanol, poultry, soybean meal, distilled spirits, and distillers grains, all reached record values. Overall, there were 30 markets where U.S. exports exceeded $1 billion in 2022, up from 27 in 2021, according to USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack. Senators Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota and Chuck Grosley of Iowa sent a letter to the president urging him to use an upcoming meeting with Brazil's president to discuss the country's tax on U.S. ethanol imports. The letter comes after Brazil's foreign trade chamber reinstated an import tariff on American ethanol shipped to Brazil. The new 16% tariff rate, which will increase to 18% in 2024, is a sharp departure from the 0% tariff rate previously shared between the two nations. The American ethanol industry should not be subject to prohibitive tariff and non-tariff barriers, while Brazilian ethanol producers enjoy duty-free access to our market and biodiesel programs, according to the senators in their letter. They believe this imbalance in tariffs and access to Brazil's biofuels program is unwarranted and unfair, according to the letter. Changes to cotton production forecasts for several major producers in February resulted in a decline in world production estimates. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain. 
There were several offsets regarding global cotton production within USDA's latest outlook. World Agricultural Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekodowski. Cotton production was reduced 1 million bales, but that is reflecting an increase in our forecast for China by half a million bales and a reduction in our forecast for India by a million bales and then some other offsets in Pakistan and the African Frank Zone and a couple other places. The World Cotton Balance Sheet highlighted another decrease in consumption. This was the ninth consecutive month of reducing our consumption forecast. Among the month-over-month reductions in categories within the global supply and demand estimate, the domestic balance sheet was mostly quiet. That included no change in the season-ending average price for cotton, still at 83 cents per pound. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The state of Texas and interest groups led by the American Farm Bureau Federation have asked a federal court to stop the implementation of the Biden administration's new Waters of the U.S. rule in motions for a national preliminary injunction filed in federal court. Texas filed a lawsuit against WOTUS on January 18th, and a total of 18 interest groups, including the agriculture, oil, and housing industries, filed suit on January 19th in the same U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Texas and Galveston. Texas and the ag groups said in their motions that the court should stop the EPA and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers from implementing the rule. The rule abandons any limitations to waters that impact interstate commerce, relying on an arbitrary, significant nexus test that strays far from any legal authority, according to Texas, in its motion. Sponsored by the California Walnut Boarding Commission, supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.